Hey you guys, this is the Coupling Spire podcast. Here's a couple of things you might need to know or maybe you just forgot. I'm Taylor, a volunteer firefighter and also a firewife to my favorite firefighter. Join me as I talk anything and everything fire related. I don't claim to be an expert, I just love to talk fire and I'm not afraid to get into real and deep discussions. Everything I say is my own opinion and does not reflect the opinions of any agency or organization I am associated with. Let's get on with the episode. Hey, you guys. Don't mind the uh, the washing machine that you may or may not be hearing. I, actually, the dryer, not the washer, but still. Don't mind that. Um, I'm recording this after the fact of this episode you're about to listen to. And I want to touch on something before we dive in to this episode. This was a very, very different topic and different way of approaching podcasts with guests that I haven't quite done yet before. And so I was kind of, I was curious how this open-ended conversation would really work out. So you're going to see in here, it's it's not quite very uh, structured uh, too well. And sometimes we do go around in circles and go back to some points that we talked about before. Um, we try to keep it somewhat neat and together, uh, but it was such a different topic to, to tackle, but it was such an important topic that I really wanted to hit at the same time. And... I don't know, I had the option not to put this episode out, you know, once we recorded it, but I really, really wanted to. So uh, I'm, I'm going ahead and putting this still out. You guys are still going to hear what we recorded and the talks that Logan and I had. And this this podcast, like I say in it, there's no right or wrong with this. This is purely opinion-based. And this will really be a, a building block to another conversation Logan and I are actually going to have in the coming weeks, hopefully within a month or two, right? I'm going to try to get this other episode um, recorded pretty soon with Logan because he he had a great idea of something we could go into, and I really thought this this should still go out to give us a give us a place to go from right because I feel like it the two ideas really go hand in hand, and I, I thought we'd do you guys as a disservice by by not putting this out there before that that next episode comes out. So hold on to your horses, enjoy it again. This is a different type of podcast. So let me know what you think of it. Do you like this more opinion-based where it's more just round conversations and and going everywhere? I don't know. Take a listen. Let me know what you think. And let's get into it. Here we go. <laughs> when I, oh, okay, so really quick. When I say here we go, I always think of the in um, uh, The Dark Knight where the Joker's just like, here we go. <laughs> okay, no, really, here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Couplings Fire podcast. This is going to be a great guest episode for you guys today. This is going to be, I'm, I'm assuming, full of twists and turns and tons of opinions. I have a great friend who's back on the podcast today. I'm pretty sure my first return guest that I've ever had, which is actually really exciting, oh. too. I know you're like I wasn't. <laughs> I know you're like I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, uh, no, I have my friend Logan Watts on. Logan, thank you so much for coming back. Yeah, thanks for having me, Taylor. Uh, you know, you reached out and for some reason said you wanted to have me back on. So I'm um, glad to be back. You know, we sit down and we talk, and we sat and talked for half hour before we even got into this. So it's always good to catch up, and feel like we have a lot of good informal conversations and. Some of the stuff that we talk about turns out to be pretty uh, pretty emotionally charged stuff that we don't even realize until you get to talking about it. So I know I'm, I know. I'm ready to ready to chat it up on that. So. 
<laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you guys, before we really start and get into this, let's get into quick, some housekeeping I have for you guys. First of all, Les Lukert, uh, winter conference registrations are now open. So they'll be in Kearney, Nebraska, February 3rd through 5th, 2023. Get signed up now. Um, go to the website nsfsi.com that's the nebraska society of fire service instructors.com <laughs> i always i always go through it way too fast so i'm like okay i have to like actually say it out that way people know what i'm saying but um so but so talking about less Luger conference and stuff like that too logan i kind of want to get your opinions on this conference a little bit or just like overall bird's eye view of like of of being there and stuff because i think you you've always been there as as an attendee, but this year you're going to be attending as an instructor, right? Is this the first year yep. you've instructed there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So this will be the first year that I'm there as an instructor. Um, but like you and I were talking about, the nice thing is, is with the structure that you guys have this year, I'm also going to be able to be there as a student. I know. Um, in the full, you know, on Sunday, I'll be able to be a full-fledged student. Um, no, Les Luker is a great conference. Um, you can look at it from a couple different perspectives. You can look at it from the career side of things. You can look at it from the volunteer side of things. There's classes that pertain to everybody there. Um, one of the nice structures about Les Luker, if you're going to sit in the classroom classes, is that four hour block to where mm -hmm. you can get perspectives from multiple different instructors. You know, if you just come for Friday and sa or for Saturday and Sunday, what are you gonna, you're gonna get three different classes. Is that correct? Yep, three, you'll get three different, different classes. classes. Yeah. So, you know, you can go and you can sit and like last year, um, I had to work the next day on shift. So I wasn't able to stay for the Sunday, but I mean, you're able to go in, pop in and sit and listen to Coralie Moore talk. Um, you know, last year we had the Friday pre-conference. Jake had his um, basics, you know, fire ground basics class. So there's all sorts of different classes there and all sorts of different um backgrounds from instructors that you know come converge on Kearney, nebraska in the middle of the winter most people don't think that that would be a big draw for people but i mean it's a it's a huge conference it's a great conference and it just seems like it keeps growing and growing and growing and the word is out how good of a conference it is yeah it's 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 really exciting to really see the word kind of getting out across the country of this conference and i'm like it, it just makes me so happy to to be able to get some of these instructors here. Some we've had in the past there, some yeah. we haven't had and everything. Uh, so I'm going to quick run through who we actually have coming this year, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, I'm just going to say first and foremost, Valor Fire Training, which you're going to be helping teach with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Zach Brun coming. Wow. I'm already starting to lose my uh, speech, whatever it is. Uh, Zach Brun coming, Joseph Polanzani. Jim Duffy, Aaron McGruder, LJ Geist, Michael Lopina, Kim Fitzsimmons, Tim Whitman, uh, a couple guys from the Nebraska Emergency Management Agency, uh, Dave Conrad and, sorry, Roger Conrad and Dave Reeson. Oh my goodness, I always do that. Uh, and we have uh, the, 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 I'm going to say the the local famous Todd Walt Walton coming and doing his, his good training props uh, class yeah. and stuff like that with he's with Carney volunteer fire and I don't know. It's, it's a, such a fun lineup this year. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's a, you, the nice thing about it is it's, it's a very diverse lineup mm -hmm. in terms of backgrounds of where you're getting guys from, you know, they're coming from all across the nation, but they're not coming from different, you know, the same size of departments. They're yeah. coming from different regions. They're coming from different sizes of departments. So you're able, you're going to be able to take some stuff. Um, you can never go to a conference and, 
completely change the way that you're going to think. Right. Yeah. But what you can do is you can go and you can listen to multiple people and you can take little, you know, thoughts from this person and a thought from this person, and you can kind of start to mold what you want to, you know, how you want to accomplish stuff. You can start to mold your thought processes. Um, and that's, that's the great thing that Les Lukert offers is you can go see multiple instructors that have different viewpoints on the same thing. Um, and then you can start to kind of grow your, you know, your information stash and your head and everything. Um, and just become a better firefighter and a better person. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely love it. So, um, I guess, so coming from your end, you're actually coming at it from both a career and volunteer when you're coming to this conference and stuff too, which you don't, I mean, you see sometimes, but it's kind of a unique perspective too, being able to have those two different perspectives of, of somebody coming from both of these, both of these departments. Yeah. And from what I can tell, it seems to do a good job hitting what you, what you want to get from a conference for both of the volunteer and career. Yeah. And so like one of the things and I can speak for my area where I volunteer at, and I mean, this is 90% of Nebraska is a lot of the volunteer fire force uh, for the state of Nebraska is, you know, tradesmen, they're farmers, that kind of stuff. And this is the one time a year when, you know, that first weekend in February where they're not in the field planting, they're not mm-hmm. in the field harvesting. So they're not having to worry about irrigating. So you get a big draw from that of those guys that, Hey, this is a conference that I can actually get to. Yeah. That doesn't interfere with my work life. That doesn't, you know, that I'm able to go and enjoy myself. Um, so from the volunteer side of things, that's the one thing regionally from my area that I hear is why guys like that conference so much. Um, and it only takes one time of someone going to that conference to be hooked. Like, um, oh, that's, it did it with me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I think, I think you and I were in a, in a class, like the first, first year either been my, Yeah, I think so. And it was, uh, <laughs> We, we were taking Dave Mellon's class, the, the Valor Fire Training class, the Search Under Life so Fire. That, so that would have been the first year you went there. The first year I went, I think oh, okay. it was when Direct Tactical was teaching a class. Oh, okay. So yeah, so you must have gotten a year or two earlier than I did. So, But like, that's the thing is like, all it took was one time for me to go. And the only reason I was going is because at that point in time, it was, I was in um, college at UNK and I'm like, huh, just convenience wise, it's like, let's go. And then ever since then, it's like, oh, man, this is an awesome, awesome conference. And it's just one I make sure that I have enough vacation at work, <laughs> make sure that I can get to. At so. least one day and see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, that's kind of the cool thing, too. It's like you could just you could just come and do one day. You don't have to do the whole weekend. And because I know, like, especially when it comes to career people, too, like, I don't blame them. They don't want to do anything on the weekends because that's the time their families are home, too, especially in the wintertime. That's that's when they get to see their family. It's like you can just come for Friday do a hot yeah. class or do a couple, couple lectures and <laughs> yeah. and go home for the weekend. But, like, yeah. But the other thing is like, once you get there, you don't, don't want to leave. leave. <laughs> it's That's how I was. Um, it was last year. I didn't, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. But I had, it's like, I gotta go back to work. But um, you know, you get there and you get around similar like-minded people mm-hmm. and it just, the lesson, you know, you learn more lessons sitting around the table BSing with guys at night it seems like then sometimes when you're sitting in class, because at that time you're reflecting, everybody is sitting reflecting on what they've heard, what they've listened to all day. Um, and then you hear someone say something that you may have heard that day earlier, but they say it in a different light that kind mm-hmm. of makes you go, Oh man, I never even thought about it that way. Or it's like, yeah, why, why haven't we done it this way? Or why haven't we tried this? Um, so it's, you start surrounding yourself with those kind of people and it's, it's nothing but good. 
Well, it's so nice because there are other good conferences in Nebraska and around that happen. But I love this one specifically because like all the instructors are staying at the same hotel and it's the mm-hmm. same hotel that everything's happening at. And this year, especially all of the instructors or most of them are coming in Thursday night and they're staying all the way through Sunday. And so even yep. if they're not teaching until like Saturday, Sunday, they're still there to talk and chat and see them in the hallways and see them at the bars and like go yep. go catch a go catch a drink with them or go get, go sit down to eat with them or something you know like yeah it's so and that's nice. one thing that has always been that way with Wesley Kurt yes. I mean you can expect it from us with Valor is mm-hmm. if you see us outside of class we're just we're just guys guys and gals just like everybody else like come sit down and talk with us it's like we don't have to yeah. sit and talk fire stuff it's like we can learn a lot each other about just you know social life and stuff like that by just sitting and talking and you know that's one thing that is unique to the fire service is when you go to a fire service conference yeah every you talk a lot of fire you talk you know there's a lot of storytelling that kind of stuff but you're essentially all the same type of people that are there and then next thing you know you're going down rabbit holes about stuff that isn't related to the fire service and <laughs> you're you know you just end up having a great time and you end up making lifelong friends out of it so yeah I absolutely love it. I can't wait. Like it's, I can't believe it's like only two months away. <laughs> yeah. up on you. I know it's crazy. So you, so yeah, uh, look, look for that information on that register. Uh, do it now before classes fill up the hot classes, you know, have a really good chance of filling up this year because we do have class limits for those. Uh, so NSFSI.com or Facebook or Instagram, they have it. It's the links everywhere search for it or contact me and I'll give it to you something like that. So uh, it'll be really, really cool. And I'm excited for Valor's class this year with um, the medical response to the Firefighter May Day. That'll, that's going to be good. That's yeah. going to be really good. <laughs> yeah, and it's we had an opportunity to, uh, we did a four-hour evening class for Carney Fire back in October, I want to say mm-hmm. it was. Fall, it was in fall. So we were able to get on site where we're going to be teaching that. And so we kind of have some of the logistics stuff worked out from it from being able to go and teach that class. So it, it's, you, you won't want to miss it. It's um, just kind of an overview of the classes. Everybody's gone to a writ class and there's a lot of good writ classes out there. But the one thing that stops with the writ class and writ training most of the time is when you get them out the door. Um, you know, once I get them out the door, then what happens? And that's kind of where this class, you know, we're going to work all that writ stuff. We're going to work that firefighter survival stuff, but we're also going to continue it to, you know, them leaving scene in an ambulance. Um, and just some other things that don't necessarily get talked about when it comes to the training side of things. So uh, I, you probably will see Dave in his underwear too. I mean, that just seems like it's a given anymore. It's, it's a given. It's a given where it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just sad. I'm not going to be able to take that class this year. I was like up until, up until August, I was fully, fully uh, under the impression, like I'm going to take a hot class at Les Lukert this year. Well, I'll just watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can come be it. You can come role play. <laughs> come role play uh, get get the yep. pregnant woman out of the out of somewhere without hurting her you know like <laughs> yep. you never know you hey, never know i will be in and another chance to say <laughs> that this kid has done something fire in his life i mean i mean this kid's already <laughs> gone through a couple grass fires and it's like score amazing there you go go through we'll training too <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so uh next thing i want to talk about in housekeeping yes when when logan and i get together we tend to keep talking so <laughs> Uh, but next thing with housekeeping, uh, I want you guys to remind you on Flame Decon. This stuff is amazing. And then I want to reiterate, like I do every time, is I do not push stuff that I don't use and I don't actually believe in. That's not who I am. This is stuff that I use actually every single day. It's firefighter decontamination soap. And Tara Cornett, the owner of Flame Decon, has done such an amazing job of 
of putting together this formula and actually working with um, all the studies on it and really formulating this to be something that actually helps out. So you decon your gear, you decon your your stations, you decon your rigs. Why not actually decon yourself? Because <laughs> that is one place a shower, just as plain shower doesn't always take care of everything. You need something else to help you with that. So if you guys want to get a discount on your first order, use the code couplings15 at Flame Decon, and that will get you a discount on it. So, <laughs> all right. And then the last thing I have for you guys, um, Corley and I, Corley Moore and I came up with this when he was on my podcast and uh, he's been doing it and I'm going to keep doing it too. I'm not afraid to bribe you guys. I will send you stickers if you give me a five-star rating or review on either Facebook, on um, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, whatever you do. But please, if you leave a five-star review, actually mean it. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get something from you you don't actually believe in too. But uh, if you guys would do that, it would actually help because it shows other people this podcast. And the fact that you are enjoying something means something somebody else would enjoy this podcast as well. Okay. I think housekeeping's over with. After like... I think 10 minutes in or so. <laughs> That's, all right. That's all right. That's all right. We had so much to talk about. All right. So the moment you all have been waiting for, <laughs> uh, just so you guys know, I don't know if I've said this yet, but this is a completely opinions based podcast. I'm going to put it in here now. I We're not going to say anything is the right way or wrong way to look at this. This is just a topic that I've really been wanting to hit. And I think it's an important one for all of us to to really see a bunch of different ways you can come at this and really just take the time and think about it. You know, it doesn't mean we're not going to try to change your mind on anything of what you think or anything. Just we're going to go over, I don't know, all different angles of this and make sure that you're really thinking about this, this concept, yes. because this has been, this has been an issue with the fire service for a long time. And it can cause rifts in departments. It can cause rifts in friends. It can cause, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting thing. And I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it with friends. I've seen it just hearing about it. So let's talk about <laughs> standards versus excellence and kind of the overall point, the overall bird's eye view we're looking at here is, are you expecting your written standards from your members or excellence beyond the standards? And why is it good or why is it bad? And do you have a right to be upset if they're not exceeding those standards? So, Logan, do you have any first thoughts on this? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, when we look at standards, like we talk, you know, we talk about standards. So, break it down. We talk about standards. We talk about excellence. Um, for some people, they can be confused, right? Mm -hmm. Some people think that the standard is you being above and beyond. When reality, at the end of the day, is standards, whether it's, you know, a kid in school, um, us on the fire ground. Um, really anything. The standard is, is the minimum, right? It's the minimum requirements for you to be qualified for that position. Um, so do we want to strive to meet standards? Yes, early we do, right? When we're learning, when we're going through that cycle. Um, if we're thinking about it as like the life stage of a fire, right? When mm -hmm. we're going through that growth stage um, or that incipient phase of that, when we're going through that, yeah, we're, we're striving to get to that standard level, right? Because we don't know anything. We're growing. We're trying to figure out how to get to that standard. Once we get to the standard, that's that's just the start, right? That's the first step. We've walked up. 
you know, if we're hiking, we've walked to the bottom base of the trail and now we're to the trailhead. Now we're going to start heading up. Um, so we can't let meeting standards be the top of our mountain. Right. Mm -hmm. So standards are, it's like I said, it's just, it's the minimum requirement for you to be here. Um, now you can look at standards a couple different ways, right? Everybody has their own set of standards. Um, my set of standards might be different than your set of standards on certain things that, you know, you might expect something more than I expect on, you know, what, what your idea of a great podcast is, is probably different than my idea of a great podcast <laughs> is, right? Yeah. Right. And, and so there's, everybody has this personal aspect and this is where it comes into opinion is the standards of, you know, what standard are we trying to meet? Um, but at the end of the day, if we're just striving for that, that standard, right. That comparable that everybody has to try and get to, um, is it a starting point? Yes, absolutely. If we can get everybody to that level, we're going to be light years ahead of where we're at now. Um, but that standard should be something that we never fall below once we do get there. Awesome. So trying to think of exactly where to go from here. That is a good question. Where to actually go from there? That's a fun part about this, but it's so hard to like, cause it's, it seems like it's all so much intertwined and like, yeah. you've already been going a bunch of different ways, which is fantastic because we do have to look at it from so many different angles. Um, okay. So let's so start let's with, look, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's look at it from this. Let's look at from a training perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Minimum standards. Okay. So like I said, there's all your, just because every it's easy to relate for everybody firefighter one right yeah firefighter one is what we put people through and what people go through to meet the minimum standard to be a certified firefighter right yeah state of nebraska is a little different than everywhere else but there are some states that they require you you are required to get your uh, they like believe it's called in some states like ohio is like a red card colorado you know to get your certified fire you know your card that you're a certified firefighter is that firefighter one training, right? Mm -hmm. So that's your minimum standard. Now, there's some people, right, wrong, or different, that believe that that firefighter one is the gold standard of once I get to here, I've made it, right? Yeah, like you're you're at the top of your department. Like you might be one of the yes. few that actually has the firefighter one. If you're like like I said, like we you're talking about the firefighter one in Nebraska is not required for for any Nebraska firefighters. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's definitely something to push for, but it's not required. So a lot of departments out there is like, if you get your firefighter one, they're very few and far between to find firefighters with that in some departments. Yeah. And, and that's not saying that you're not qualified. Yes. If you don't have firefighter yes. one. I was like, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't have firefighter one. I know, but it's like, I've gone through all that training of e the equalization. I just don't have that standard that, or that training officially or the certification. There's the word I was looking for. You got it. You got it. <laughs> We're, we're just going to play pregnancy brain on all of those little fumbles that happened today, Logan. That's all right. I, I'll use that. I'll use that excuse too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it, what it comes down to is, you know, you can call it the firefighter, you firefighter one entry level fire training for your volunteer department, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, on the career side of things, firefighter one is most time. Like I know your husband, when he went through his Academy, um, he probably had to get firefighter one and firefighter two with that. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't put you through firefighter one, firefighter two, and kick you out of academy and say, all right, you know everything, right? And that's that's kind of the angle I'm taking at this is that is the standard for you to be, you know, that's the minimum standard for them to feel comfortable to put you out on a truck to go answer that call to the public. So 
is this, that's the standard there, but is that the standard that you're going to live your life by, live your career by? No, we don't want that, right? And that's where we start to chase excellence. Um, everybody can chase standards. Not everybody can chase excellence. Yeah, so, I think it's definitely like that's kind of where you and I are at, like where, yeah, we definitely believe that like, yeah, that's not the end point. We have to go forward past that. But we can't deny that there's enough people in the fire service for like once they hit that, that's kind of all they're going to do. And they're like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to help. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like, this is great. I'm going to volunteer when I can, or this is great. I'm going to be here on shift when I can and work, but I've done what I needed to do to do my job, you know? So. And that's, that's one thing. Um, I had a, an instructor in college and, and I went to, I have a bachelor's degree. It's not related to fire, but to the field that I was going into, um, one thing that he always used to talk about is the difference between a job and a career, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody can go out and get a job. That job is that job's that, that crap job that you had when you were in college or high school, college, this first year's out. Everybody's trying to get to that career. Like, to me, to find a career somewhere that's genuinely where I want to be. That's that's my comfort zone. That's that's what doesn't feel like work when I go to work. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, you can kind of compare the standards to that and everything is once I've met those minimum standards and I can get myself to a career to where I want to be there, I don't want to just sit at that standard. I want to keep striving and striving and striving. Um, it becomes very complacent in job. Like when you're in a job, it's pretty easy to get complacent, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't necessarily want to be there. Um, and, and that's not true all the time, but this is in my eyes, if it's just a job, it's exactly that, right? I go, I collect a paycheck, I come home. I don't want to go to that job the next day. But if I'm working in a career, I'm going to show up every single day, bring in my A game, and I'm going to strive to, you know, to reach that excellence level that I'm probably never going to reach because I want to always keep chasing that. So there's a ton of different ways that you can look at it, I guess. But I had that explained to me one point in time where, no, you don't ever want to be satisfied when you're at a job. You want to find a career. And that can be, you can look at it that from a career firefighter or looking at it as like a volunteer who's, you know, you, um, man, your, your word stuff is passing off onto me now <laughs> where you dedicate, you know, you dedicate your life to that volunteer department. I know there's a lot of guys yeah. that do that. They dedicate their life and it becomes essentially a career for them. Um, you know, they're answering that call every single time. And I give my hat, you know, I take my hats off to those people because um, it's tough. It, I mean, to be in that mindset, 24-7, 365. Me, I, I go to work every third day. And then when I get home on my two days off, I try and turn it off. Um, mm -hmm. Even, if, you know, I'm on a volunteer department, but there's times where you just got to, you know, step back, you got to turn off, you got to turn off that pager. Um, but there's people out there that they're pushing, they're chasing on those volunteer departments for 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It doesn't matter what, you know, what the weather is or anything like that. So it's just a lot of thinking thing or a lot of talking <laughs> points, a lot of things that you can think about when it comes down to that. But yeah. Well, and the way you were talking about talking with the career to, you know, the career is not just for the paid guys. That's what I'm going to talk, talk about now because, because I do like the way you're talking about career. It is almost an op <laughs> sure sure it's it's 
It's not the word I'm looking for. It's pretty close. Oh, whatever. But synonymous. My goodness, Taylor. Okay, synonymous with with uh, the fact of you know with career and profession. You know, I fully call the fire service in general. This whole life is my profession, my career. It's not what I do for a paycheck, but my goodness, have I gotten fully involved by it i can't stop (laughs) and it's what i'm truly passionate about and yeah sometimes it does feel like work but most of the time once i start getting into it i'm just i turn into a big snowball rolling down the hill and it keeps getting bigger and doesn't want to stop and eventually Mm -hmm. it'll run into a a house or something and i don't know but (laughs) i'm thinking like a big old cartoon in my head of like rolling down the hill Um, hill. yeah something like that you know christmas time and rolling up all the presents and the christmas lights in there too okay but (laughs) but with that like yeah like it's not just the fact that you're paid or volunteer with this. It can be your career either way. Um, one thing I really wanted to think about when it came to this whole topic um, is let's talk about some volunteer department things too. Like where where this really comes into play a lot. It comes into into play in the on the paid side for sure. And there's different rabbit holes we can get with that too. But on the career side, I mean, I know like I'm in the spot right now for sure. And I didn't used to be where I feel like at the moment, I'm just meeting the minimums, which first of all, I'm not excited with, I'm not happy with, but it's also what I can give at this time. You mm. know, I'm not necessarily there at the station on days other than training nights, which kind of sucks, but I'm busy <laughs> like everybody else is, you know, and and it's tough. So technically, yes, I'm meeting the minimum standards, but, and, and I do want to progress from that and be different, but at this point in life or whatever, I'm not able to, but are you able, are you, do you have a right to be upset with those members who are on for, let's say five or 10 years, who, as long as they're adhering to your bylaws, to making sure they're at trainings, making sure they're keeping what with whatever extra stuff they have to do, making sure they're going to X number of calls and technically doing the work. Are you allowed to be mad at them if they're not going to outside conferences or if they're not asking more questions or if they're not offering to help out with things around the station extra, you know, like it's such a fine line. And and yeah, because it's like you want you want everyone to be better than that, right? Like you want that. But is that something that I mean, there's there's a couple of different ways you can do it because. Either either it's built off your culture of your department is one way I look at it, you know, where you have a culture of people just wanting to exceed those minimum standards, um, or you have to actually go and raise those minimums. That's a big thing right there is that uh, your standards, that should be a moving metric, right? They should move with you as your career, as your time on, on the fire department goes. Um, one thing you look at, and it's not even really the volunteer side of things. It's, it's just the fire department as a whole. It's a young man's game, mm-hmm. right? Or a young person's game. Um, oh, you can say young man. It does not bother me at all. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> but like what I'm getting at here is I, me personally, I, I'm, I'm 29 years old right now. I don't want to be crawling hallways when I'm 55. Right. Yeah. So from the vault if so i'm looking at that as a career now as a volunteer side of things if i show up on a fire should i be expecting that 60 year old 55 year old member to be able to work at the same capacity as me mm-hmm. right no that that's just not going to happen you know there there's some absolute freaks out there that can do it um but i don't make that you know that's that's not an expectation that i should probably have 
So when it comes down to you getting mad at other people or you being upset with other people, um, the first thing that you got to do with that is you got to turn around and look at yourself, right? Yeah. I was like, my first thought is even like with, um, okay, even the person that's the same age as you, maybe they're just Mm -hmm. not physically able to do that. Or maybe they've had some trauma in their past where they're not able to do that certain thing. Or maybe they just had something huge happen with their family and they literally can't make it to anything for several months. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, yeah, we, we grant people. So this is kind of going to take a lot you know, spin off a little bit here, but we grant people excuses, excuses isn't the word. Yeah. We grant people, um, exceptions. Uh, yeah. yeah. Exceptions. There we go. Yeah. For, for physical injury. Right. You know, broken arm, pulled hands during that kind of stuff. Um, but they're really, and this is, everything we don't do that same thing for you know mental issues mental injuries um people not taking care of themselves mentally so that is a big thing um people got to take care of themselves mentally they got to uh make sure that they're not overdoing it to where they burn themselves out to where they're no good to you or i or or joe Joe below public um so we have to step back and we have to look at that now when i say the whole standards things can you be mad at somebody else um when it comes back to you this is where i'm getting at with this i have to look back on myself right especially if i'm in a leadership position or if i'm in a position where i'm leading from the back step right if i'm the tailboard guy i want the other guys to look up to me um i need to make sure that my standards are damn high right so that their minimum standards that they came onto this department they see the way i'm doing things now all of a sudden they think that this is the standard so this is where I talk about chasing those standards, right? Okay. Chasing so, that, so raising me, those standards to the yeah. excellence level. So let me see if I just make sure I have this like correct of what you're thinking. So you're more of thinking pushing your own personal standard, not necessarily pushing it onto other people that it shouldn't necessarily be their standard, but more being the example of this is my standard and more like being just um, encouraging to them to want to do that. Yeah. Okay. It's it's the same thing. It's the thing, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, right? Yeah. So why uh, why burn yourself out mentally, physically, trying to bring others along, you know, and then next thing you know, you're so tired of trying to do this that your standards start to drop because you're not pushing it. Mm-hmm. Get out, improve yourself, bring yourself along. I guarantee if you're out working hard on stuff, if you're out throwing ladders, you're out doing stuff. They're going to come along. The people that want to be there are going to come along. And then next thing you know, you're going to start surrounding yourself with those people that you can follow, um, you know, that are going to want to follow you, that you can follow. You start to raise your standards together. And then next thing you know, we're not at that minimum standard, right? We're striving for excellence. So to you got to look back on it and we can play the blame game all day. You can say they're not doing their best. They're not doing they're not doing this. They're not doing that. Give them something to look up to, right? Mm-hmm. You do your best. You show them that you're empty in the tank every single time you go to training. Um, because as people, whether we're 100% invested or not, if someone's out there on the drill ground kicking my ass, I'm going to want to do everything I can to not look like a jackass next time that I'm with him, right? Yeah. So I'm big on competition. Everything is in, in my mind. I, it's one of those things where it's like, oh no, it's not a competition. Yes, it's a hundred percent a competition. <laughs> it's it's healthy you know, competition. So it is, it is. But that's kind of how we raise those. You know, we get past that minimum standard. Um, I don't ever, you know, I know that it happens, but I don't ever want to work with someone that all they're striving for 
their level of excellence is that minimum standard. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is if I ever fall below that minimum standard, I need to be off the line. I shouldn't be working, right? Whether it's a minimum standard of fitness, um, competencies, as far as the job goes, you name it. If I ever fall below those minimum standards, I, I don't, I don't deserve to be able to put that shirt with the Maltese on. I don't, you know, I don't deserve to be able to have a badge. So that's all a mental thing. You know, it's something that we are thinking we have to drive. You know, we have to continue to drive ourselves towards what's next. And, you know, the more time we spend on the skill, the more time we spend on something that's going to push us more and more to that excellence level. But we should never, ever in our career be comfortable where we're at, right? Mm-hmm. We should always be pushing more, okay? Th- so we should always be trying to figure out what, how can I be more excellent at this? How can I do better? We're yeah. not robots that are perfect. We're, we're <laughs> always, there's always going to be some hiccup that we have. Um, but that's how we have to be is we have to figure out these ways to overcome these hiccups and, you know, push through, blow past the, m- the minimum standards, um, and make things right for ourselves and for others around us. I know. Like, so I talked about the last podcast I recorded. Um, and actually the last one that came, that, that came out part of this one too. Um, but I, I talk a lot about uh, towards the end that everybody is in a state of either being in a state of growth, sustainability, or decay. And it's just, it's a constant battle between those three. And, you know, you have to intentionally try to be the goal is to be as much in the growth stage as possible for as long as possible and to to mm-hmm. make sure you spend the most time there now of course you're going to have times where you just sustain the same thing and there's not much you can do for growth it happens but don't stay there there's going to be times where you just hit a brick wall and you're going to be tired or something's going to happen with family or you're going to get pregnant and you can't do a lot and so <laughs> you you go into decay for a little bit you sustain maybe at the minimum for a little bit but don't stay there like you don't want to stay there the minimums are there to make sure that you don't fall below, below them and that you you hit that minimum standard so that you basically every overall it's it's for the safety of everyone it's for, it's to make sure that you guys are actually staying together as a crew as a company and as as a firefighter just making sure that you are being safe and you are making sure that you're still part of that family is that minimum standard really is what it's all for but you don't want to stay there if you can help it you know like no. I, I feel like that's I, mean, I, I personally just have like um I don't know. I just I don't I don't love it when people stay at that minimum for too long. It's okay if you're there for a while. It's okay if you stay there for the first few years, even. I don't love it. But I'd rather that and have them slowly work up rather mm-hmm. than stay there for 20 years at the minimum. And that's it. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, in our job, would you you have a 20-year career, right? Mm-hmm. Did I have 20 years where I progressively got better, where I progressively learned more? became more effective, efficient at my job, or did I have 20 first years where I just met that minimum standard every single year? You know, every single, every year when I did my performance evaluation, yeah, I checked the boxes. Am I a check the box type of firefighter or am I a go above and beyond and start to figure things out? You know, you talk about, we go through these phases, like our, you know, growth, decay, where, wherever we're sitting at, mm-hmm. that, look at that as a multi-part thing, Right. Think about like training. Your body cannot, we're not going to be able to go a thousand miles an hour every single day, right? Yeah. But when we are working, you know, we're working our our body, our muscles, um, getting there, we need breaks with that. But what can I be doing with those breaks is I can be sharpening my mind. 
because mm-hmm. uh, that's you know it's it's the whole we have to look at it as a holistic approach of things um you know i got to take care of my body i got to take care of my mind um i got to make sure i give myself time to recover mentally and physically you know that comes down to sleep um just maybe sitting down and trying to relax that kind of stuff so during those down periods that's where we pick up books there's thousands of different books that a guy can sit and read you know we start to sharpen our mental capacity and in our ability to think on our feet um, by reading, getting on YouTube, watching those kind of things, getting pot, you know, listen podcasts, that kind of stuff. So even if we feel like we're going through a decay phase, as far as our strength and our abilities, we can be helping that by making sure that we're adding to our, our mental capacity and going from there. So I love it's, how it's, you it's mentioned the fact. Act. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. I think we both get excited about things. We're like, oh, let's keep talking. Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love how you brought the fact of resting as even a form of growth. Uh, well, not as like of, of, of a form of what's the word I'm looking for here. Now I still can't do it again. Uh, but y- it's an intentional rest. It's not mm-hmm. it's not rest that you've just given up. It is rest that you know that one part of your body needs rest and another yeah. part of yourself can keep going from there and i think that's a lot of us get caught up with that of like if you're not constantly moving if you're not constantly doing something you're not growing and that's that's simply not quite true you know there there are times for intentional rest to recuperate and to basically get ready for the the oncoming storm of you pushing again Mm -hmm. for growth yeah and and there's there's you know we can define rest as a you can define rest as really Mm -hmm. anything It's, it's what you do you know, it's how you recover. Um, I recover different than other people. Uh, my idea of if I have a long night at work, I get home. Usually the first thing I do is part of my recovery, my rest is I'll go for a couple, couple mile walk, just a simple walk, right? Yeah. Throw the shoes on. What that allows me to do is it allows my head to unwind, um, put a little music on, listen to a podcast, get out there, walk, kind of get moving. Um, come back home, maybe close my eyes for a little bit, get a good meal in me and try and go on with your day. But those are intentional rest things. If I were to wake up and my body's hurting, I'm tired, and I don't take care of that, that just compounds and makes things a lot worse going down yeah. the road. So, Sometimes it's better um, just to take and, and a couple hour nap and, and instead of just trying to push yourself through that day, you know, yeah. that, that intentional rest could actually help you later in the evening and have a better day than it would be trying to push through and just making yourself miserable. Yeah. And that's knowing where you're at and where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's me knowing that if I miss a day working out or I miss two days in a row working out because my body hurts or I'm not sleeping well, or I've got other things to do. Um, I know if I miss a couple days, it's not going to set me back to the point where I'm at that minimum standard, right? Because mm-hmm. all those other days where I'm putting in that work, it's to make sure that I am in a, uh, the right space to be able to perform when those tones drop at 3 a.m. And I go from sleep, you know, maybe sleep in at the station to have a resting heart rate of 50 to 60 to jumping on the truck and going to a fire and my heart rate being, you know, 120. So um, that's just taking care of yourself. That's knowing how your body reacts. That's knowing how you react as a person. And the only way that you find that out is through training, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I kind of want to back up to actually something you said a little while earlier. Um, 
uh, talking about how how you know encouraging others to come along with us and to actually you know raise their standards and and get to that point where they're not just staying at the minimums and the way you said it was awesome because you're saying the you it, if you are out there you're doing the work you're showing people whatever the right people the people who want to be there will come and join you and i so first of all i kind of want to focus on that because i think we get stuck in the thought that if we if we show other people we're doing things if we if we go and we work hard that everybody at our, on our crew and everyone at our station is going to be right there with us it's just going to take a little bit of time but they're all be right there and that doesn't that simply doesn't happen most of the time but but it, it is definitely the right people will join you yeah and so I want to get into a little bit of like, I, I want to see like, okay, how do we encourage others? How do we actually bring them up? How do we actually show them? What are some examples for people to to get them to help bring people and want to raise their standards for that? Do you have any yeah. ideas off the top of your head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess one of the biggest things is you can't, you can't go a thousand miles an hour right off the bat, right? Mm -hmm. So this is coming back to, you, you know, everything I say, you got to look back at yourself. Um, I may be here at this, you know, at this high level on this one skill, um, but this person that they want to train, they're not there yet. So I need to look back and say, all right, how do I get them here? So that might be going back and in the terms of a workout, right? We'll just say workout. You're not going to throw X amount of weight on a barbell right away and start squatting it. It's like, let's go back to the basics. It's like, get you comfortable doing your, you know, body weight squats, um, get you comfortable or like for us, get you comfortable just being in your gear, wearing your SCBA, go for a um, walk, <laughs> yeah, moving around with it. Um, stuff like that is things that we can do to help bring people along by just showing them that part of my language, but that we give a shit about them, mm -hmm. right. Checking in with them saying, Hey, you're doing a good job you know, I see that you're, I see you're grinding. I see you working hard on that. Like, keep it up. You're going to get there. Like whatever I can do to help you, you let me know. Um, some people's advanced, some people's um, expert level of things may be different than what you feel at your advanced, what your expert level of, is, of things are. But as long as you see them chasing that, well, that's where we need to take a step back and we need to help them. Um, mm -hmm. There's things that I feel like I'm pretty far along on, but there's also things where I suck. <laughs> there's, there's things that I'm not good at and that's the other thing is showing those people that it's okay to fail mm -hmm. right the more I fail the better I get because if I'm putting myself in a position where I'm failing routinely and on a training evolution um or I shouldn't say I should back up not failing routinely but putting myself in a, in a position to fail right mm -hmm. by trying to trying to push those limits, trying to figure out, okay, hey, I suck at this, just getting comfortable being uncomfortable with things. Uh, I do a lot of uh, teaching for our fire academy stuff at work. And that's one phrase I just, I beat the crap out of is you guys got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, you know, working out in your bunker gear, getting, doing skills that everybody wants to go and train on that skill that they're really, really good at, right? Because they yeah. feel like oh, yeah. doing it. Nobody wants to go and train on that skill that makes them look like an absolute jackass for a half hour a day. Um, <laughs> but those are the things that if we can show people that we're willing to make ourselves look bad by trying to figure something out and they can see us progress through things like, okay, that was terrible. That was less terrible. Hey, they're starting to get it. 
that looks pretty decent all the way up to, damn, they really got that down. Um, that just makes us more approachable, makes it to where, hey, I want to be part of this. I want these people to come along and help me. Yeah, so, it's not just a one-day fix between no, all of and that. that's, <laughs> that's the thing is it, we got to look at stuff as baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. We you don't you don't pick up the expert skill levels. Um, you gotta you gotta start by sitting up, then we're crawling, then we're walking, then we're running. Um, the only thing that fixes everything is reps, right? I, I I like that. Whatever you do, you can fix it through reps. Whether it's writing, reading, learning how to throw a ladder, learning how to pull a hose line, searching. You, you do it through reps. That's how we learn. That's when we go back to elementary school and we go back to kindergarten. <laughs> how do they teach us our alphabet? You learn the same letter every single day. Uh, every my daughter comes day, home yeah. from school. Yeah. My daughter comes home from school. I say, hey, what did you learn today? Oh, I learned about the letter A. Like, oh, I'm pretty sure you told me you learned about the letter A like every other day. So, <laughs> I mean, but it's just, it's that repetition, right? The, the more we can pound that pavement, the more that we can work on the reps, the better we're going to get. And uh, we can't be afraid to fail in front of other people because that's what's going to help bring them along is by them knowing, okay, this is a place where I can fail and I can get better and someone's not going to judge me for my failures. Yeah. And too too many people, myself included, um, you know, just yourselves and as training officers and stuff like that and helping putting together these trainings, we don't necessarily challenge even ourselves enough. Because we are not setting us up for 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 instances where we could fail, you know, for for harder things. We're doing the standard trainings that we're used to doing. We're not used to putting some harder things in there sometimes, you know, like um, because like you said, people want to train the stuff that they're good at. They hate doing stuff that they they're not. And it, it gets it gets in our way so much because then I mean, all of us are the way that we don't want to show that we're terrible at something in front of somebody else. And <sighs> I don't know, but it's it's almost you have to do that almost weekly. If if you let's say you have a weekly training night, you have to do that weekly with everybody to, to mm-hmm. actually get it in their head that they're comfortable with it. I don't know. That's the tough thing is that the fire service, we we wear so many hats. Yeah, there's right? so much stuff to train on. There's so much stuff. So, so by the time you get back to it again. <laughs> yeah. And you start and it gets even more complicated when you look into the specialties. When I start to get into the specialties of things like, you know, your hazmat, your your ropes, your trench, any of that stuff. I mean, that that is stuff that you can go to some departments and they have specialty companies that do that. Where mm-hmm. I work, there's no specialty companies for that. If we have something like that, it's whoever's on that, you know, on that truck, that's, that's your job is figure that out. And fire service, we are that group that if they don't know who to call, they call the fire department and we come Mm -hmm. and we figure it out. So we have to be well-rounded in that. But a lot of those type of things can be accomplished if we just get really, really, really good at the basics. You know, we become brilliant in the basics of what we do. So work on that, work on our basics. um, And then the advanced stuff, we were talking about this at work the other day, that super advanced stuff, it's usually slow, right? Yeah. Slower stuff. There's a lot of critical thinking that goes involved, that gets involved in it. Um, it's check sheet based, right? If we're working on a trench, we have trench check sheets that we're working through. Um, so those are things that we can slow down. We can kind of think about stuff. Um, if I am on a fire, do I slow down? Am I going to have time to slow down and go through a check sheet of 
where to pull a line, how to mask up, how to throw a ladder. No. No. So that's where I, I mean, it'd be, be. kind of nice to like, you know, slow down <laughs> time sometimes. And <laughs> But that's where, that's where I want to be brilliant in my basics, right? Oh, I want yeah. to be so good at those basics that they are, they are a advanced skill that when I, when someone sees me throw a ladder or someone sees me mask up, they're like, damn, that's it's like, <laughs> how'd you get, how do you get to that? And I'm not saying that's me. I'm not saying I'm perfect at that, but you want, but you want to be there. Yeah. But, but that exactly. is, that is your new goal to do. That's interesting too. talking about goals versus standards, even, you know, because your standards are, is your standards almost a goal or is that the lowest of where you want to be? And that is, and then your goals higher than that. You know what I mean? I think it, it's both, right? Because like I said earlier, your standards should move. Yeah. You should constantly move those standards. So this, my standard where I'm at now, I set a goal. I reach that goal. That's my new standard, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to regress. I want to progress. So I start here. I hit my goal. My new standard is this. I'm going to reach another goal. Then that's my new standard. So those standards are going to move with those goals. They, they, they go hand in hand. Um kind of what you talk about going with sometimes we're in that decay phase sometimes those standards might fall a little bit but we just can't you know we can't let them fall too much yeah um, and then sometimes we with life with seasons of life and everything our goals change right so that yes. we have to step back we have to audible and then this is the new standard um we just can't we can't get complacent being in the same spot life happens things change we start, you know, we work with different crews. Some guys go to different departments. Um, you can't have a cookie cutter approach for everything. So, and, mm-hmm. and you can't be, you can't tear yourself apart because something didn't go right. Yeah. But it's almost like having like three different levels of, of uh, indicators really of kind of where to be too. Cause like, I feel like you could have, of course there's the department minimums, right? But you, you can have your own set of minimums too. You know, so you could say, okay, my standard is going to be here for, for this time period of life, whatever it is, my minimum say I'm feeling really sick or crappy or like whatever it is, maybe there is a minimum, let's say for training night or something like that. But of course you don't want to hit your minimums. You want to be better. You want to be at your standard. So your, your goal is to actually hit your goal above, I don't know, hit somewhere between that standard and that goal. So you're above that line. I don't know. Maybe that's actually too many indicators looking at it now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Sometimes I have to like say things out loud before it makes sense. I'm like, no, that actually doesn't make as much sense as what I thought it was going to make. I get what you're, I get what you're saying though. I mean, that, that comes back. It's, it's essentially the, the law of averages, right? Yeah. You can't run all the, you know, you can't always run at hundred percent. You can't always run it. You know, you don't want to run at 50%. Yeah. So Sometimes we just got to find that middle ground. Um, you know, life, we're going to ebb and flow through life. So we got to find that area where we can comfortably exceed the standards mm-hmm. and, you know, strive to reach our goals. Um, and here's the other thing with the goals is if you're meeting goals every single day, the goals probably aren't set high enough, right? Yes, exactly. So, some of those things like, yeah, there's basic goals that I want to try and meet every single day. Right. But I would say those would be your real standards though, too. I don't know. That's a tough one to say between goals and standards. Those are really close. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It's, you know, and they're just, they're metrics is what they are. 
their metrics to see how am I, how am I moving through things? How am I getting along? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's a real tricky, I mean, this is, a, this is kind of a tricky conversation to have as far as follow, like trying to follow where you're at with it Yeah. and figure out, you know, like, okay, what's my stand? What is the standard? What is the goal? Um, how do I get to this, you know, this excellence level? Um, for me, it's just, I personally view the standard as a minimum, right? Mm-hmm. That's, and I've said this a couple of times, the standard is the, there's the minimum standards. And then there's a standard that I need to meet at, at the end of the day, it's the minimum, right? Minimum standards, minimum, obviously the standard that I need to meet in my headspace, that's the minimum where I need to be at. So to me, that standard is that lower end of the metric. Um, and then I can use my goals to raise that lower end. So, so let's talk about this in the terms then of, of overall department and crew structure then too. So, so I think we're pretty much actually on the same page with this. And it doesn't surprise me because we do think a lot of like when it comes to some of this stuff, but um, so with that, you know, like uh, I'm one that I don't necessarily think that it's a good idea for a department to raise their minimums because I think it actually brings along more of a negative connotation with things. I mean, I I think you should raise them to where you're happy with and where you're making sure that you're getting people in that want to be there. That's where I think it should be. So if you're not there yet, I think, yeah, you should raise them to that. But once it's there, I think maybe you should, of course, keep those minimums there, but then raise your, raise your goals then for your department, not necessarily your standards, like standards and minimums will say is the same level for, when it comes to your fire department and crews, but your, your goals should then be really pushed and driven by the culture and, and have more of a, a positive, positive connotation around it and, and, and push to mm-hmm. really get everybody to want to meet and exceed those goals of the, of the department. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I agree with you is that standard is for that entry level, right? Mm-hmm. Get them in here. Now let's teach them how we are as a department. Yeah. Make sure they're not going to flake out on you and stuff like that. Like make sure that they're good people to have around. Like you need to have those minimum standards hit hit high enough to get people you want in there. That that's a, I feel like no brainer, you know, you're you're not dealing with people who aren't going to show up. Yeah. And here's the, this is, I feel like this is a slippery slope to even go down, (laughs) but bring it on. Yeah. when you're looking at it versus, and I, I hate doing this because I, I don't like to be the comparison guy, but when you're looking at it as a career versus a volunteer side of things, mm-hmm. you're going to have a different set of standards. Yes. Right. Um, my standards on my career department are higher than my standards on my volunteer department. Simply put, the, the easiest way to put this is I have to maintain a certain level of standards that is higher because A, that is my job. Yeah. And I'm showing up, I'm drawing a paycheck every two weeks on this. Um, I work for a community where the taxpayers expect four tactical athletes to show up on it for three people showing up on it. I was like, what, you have four people responding? Are you like in, in like dreaming of a four man truck? Sorry. (laughs) Um, so, you know, they expect four tactical athletes, three, four tactical athletes to show up to fix their problems. Um, that's a combination of my department's standards and my standards right Mm -hmm. now standards on the volunteer side of things are a little different because you don't know who you have. You don't know who's going to show up to that call. Um, you don't know the level of fitness, the level of training. Um, at the end of the day, the people that are showing up on a volunteer department, yes, a lot of them are very, very capable, 
but those are people that just want to help other people. They yeah. want to be there for the, for the good of other people. And a lot of those people will hands up say, you know, I'm not good at this. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if we didn't have people like that, then there'd be nobody showing up. So, I mean, I'd like to think of the tiny, tiny, tiny little town that has like, let's say five to eight people in their fire department. They're all farmers. You know, mm-hmm. this is you, you can find that just throw a stone in rural America, the entire tiredness of the United States. You're going to find a department like that. Right. If you didn't have them, even if they're not up to what, let's say, Logan, you and I considered as our personal standards, even what would happen to that town? What would happen to those people, yeah. those, those those farmers in their fields? Like if they catch, catch, bleh, catch on fire and stuff like that, you know, like it's so hard to to expect more to. It's not hard to expect more of them because you want to expect more of them, but it's hard to argue with the fact that at least they're there and doing it because yes. other people aren't. Yes. And that's that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Is they're 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 willing to do that. Now that's where if that's your that may be your minimum standard yeah. for said department. And I'm not saying that there's not career departments out there that are that way. That's like, hey, as long as you show up and you passed your, you know, when you got hired, you passed the physical test and you passed firefighter one, firefighter two, hey, you're where we need you to be. There's departments like that. Um and maybe for that volunteer department, maybe the minimum standard is being willing to help other people. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. No, no, there, no. We need those. We need those people. That's why I feel like I said, I feel like this is a slippery slope because <laughs> people can take stuff out of context. Next thing you know, it's, oh man, Logan just, he's talking a whole bunch of crap about volunteer fire departments. No, that's no, not no, 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 I, no, 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 not at all. Yeah. Yeah. This is, you guys, this, when you this look is, at it from this, I was going to say, just let everyone know, like, we both love our volunteer departments and we both love, the career departments, like I love the career department my husband works for. You love the career department you work for, stuff like that. You know, like we're not saying either way that you're bad at this. We're yeah, okay. Anyways, move on. I guess get out of that. Get out of the little sludge. No, but. it's that's the next. That's the one thing too that almost tears the fire service apart is when people yeah. start arguing about standards. You know what the standard is here, and it kind of circles back to. Okay, step back and look at yourself. What is your standard, Mm -hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, if it's fire service, if it's being a, you know, me being a dad, me being a brother, me being a son, I got to step back and look at what my standard is. Yes, can I expect other people to do exactly what I want them to do? Yeah, but can I, can I force them to do anything? No, I can't. What I can do is I can control myself. I can control how I carry myself how I go about it, how I approach my, you know, how I pro- approach my career, how I approach my family, uh, my family life, everything like that. I just got to make sure that I'm in the right place, right pace, pace, place <laughs> to be able to bring others along. Um, and if nobody wants to come along for the ride, look back at myself. Am I doing the right things? Right. Yeah. If nobody's willing to follow me, there's people out there that are, better judgment of character than myself. If nobody out there is willing to follow me, nobody's willing to do what I'm doing. Am I doing the right thing? It's tough to say. It's, and that's it's, it's I, such opinion based. Yeah. And that's the thing is you just have to look at yourself. You have to yeah. turn around. You have to look at yourself. You're the only thing in this world that you can control. Mm-hmm. I'm finding that out very quickly with my year and a half old son. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he's that old already. Yeah. Well, he'll be, I guess, a year and a half. He'll be two here in a month. Oh, man. But, but like, the only thing that you can control, truly control in life is yourself. 
So set your standards, set, you know, set your standards and never go below them. Set your goals, always try and reach them and always succeed them and set, you know, move the standards up, set higher goals. Um, If I do that, I got to be happy where I'm at. I've hopefully lined myself up with the same people that do that. I've hopefully lined myself up with an apartment that does that with um, friends, family. You know, I, I got to surround myself with people that are going to help me succeed. And that's what you have to do. If you're looking outside in, you can't get anything done, right? You feel like you're on an apartment with the standards don't meet your standards, that they're lower. Bust your ass, start working. Mm-hmm. Do people come in? Sometimes attrition is the only way that we can fix things, right? Sometimes people just don't want to change their minds. So just start working hard. Um, John Spear on 55 Fire, he he said it. Uh, one of the better ways that I've heard it is like, even if you get, I can't remember what the exact quote is, but it was along the lines of, if you get in trouble for doing something right, you're still doing something right, right? Yeah. I think that's what it was. It's close to that. I know which one you're talking about. I always, I can always, look, I always remember seeing them and like, oh yeah, I, I get that. And then I, I'm like, oh, what the, what the hell was the exact quote? <laughs> but yeah, but it's like, as long as you're, as long as you're trying, as long as you're doing what you feel is right, there's going to be people that judge you. There's going to be people saying, mm-hmm. oh, he's doing way too much. She's doing way too much. Don't need to do that. That's overboard, but it's still the right thing. Right. One thing I love, I can't remember. Now I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was him or maybe it was somebody else, but someone's like, you know, you can't expect everyone to like you. You don't even like everybody, you know, like it doesn't matter yeah. how, how good you are of a person or what your intentions are. So for that, just there's going to be people who don't like you and that's okay. Like it's nothing necessary. Maybe it's against you personally. Maybe it's not, who knows? I mean, it's just people come from so many different walks of life and you can't expect everybody to like you. And if you're worrying too much about that, you're not going to get anything done. Yeah. And it's, then you're next thing you know, you're fighting a losing battle with yourself. Exactly. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm hammering the film, but a lot of the issues that you come across as a person, if you turn around and look at yourself, you can solve a lot of those issues. And sometimes solving those issues, is just disassociating yourself from what, you know, if you step back and look at, Oh man, this issue is stemming from this relationship with this person or my inability to accept other people. If you look back at yourself, most of the time you can figure some stuff out and mm-hmm. figure out what the issue is. All right. I think we pretty much beat this dead horse to a brick. What do you think? <laughs> to a, think to so. a stack of glue. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's like, I'd love to keep going with it, but I think we're just going to keep going in circles and circles with it. So I think that's a good place to end at least that portion, unless you have anything else you want to add. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's like this is de- this has definitely been a fun and different type of conversation to have, though, on on this podcast. Yeah. And we haven't really gotten too much into these types of opinions before. Yeah, and it's you know it's all opinion based. Yeah, um, that's you can sit and you can bring ten of the world's best people lectures and saying how to get along with people and stuff like that you're gonna get 10 different opinions yeah um but at the end of the day if you look back at yourself and you kind of figure things out and as long as you're pushing your you know as long as you're meeting your standards and then moving past those minimum standards um if you're sliding things upward trending in the right direction you're gonna be fine mm-hmm. all right so you're ready to get into the family firefighter survival section logan oh let's do it oh let's do it let's do it you're like this is great 
<laughs> so it's it's been a while since we've talked. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, this section is it's it's very very quickly become one of my favorite sections on the podcast, and one of the things that I just love doing with every every guest that comes on. So we we always save the end of the podcast to talk about how we interact with our families, how we make things work with the families and our jobs, quote unquote jobs. I'll say you know uh, because it doesn't matter if you do this paid or not. It's you're still putting a lot of time to it. So and there's there's things that our family has to deal with when it comes to that. And a lot of things we have to learn to work around. So this whole section of the podcast is learning things from our perspective as firefighters, you know, maybe going into the perspectives of our spouses. If we if we can get that way, you know, kind of thinking the other way around and see what we've done to help with things or what we've done that really hasn't helped, <laughs> you know, kind of getting into about anything we can with the subject and just trying to put put family first that's basically where this all comes down to that's why it's called family firefighter survival because family comes first at least in my brain so that's where it's gonna be so today since we've already had logan on talking about it in another podcast if you guys want to go listen to that i should have looked up what episode it was <laughs> actually you know what hold on commercial break for a second actually Give us a quick uh, rundown of your family to remind everybody, and then I'm going to look up what episode you were on while you're doing that. Oh, all right. Yeah, so uh, my wife, Brandy, um, her and I have been together, been together for 12, 13 years. We've been together for 13 years. I um, started dating when we were in high school. Uh, been married for going into our seventh year. Um We've got two kids. We got Kendall and Cade. Kendall just turned five the other day, and my son Cade, he'll turn two here in January. Um, they are absolute gremlins, but they're also the sweetest things in the world. Don't feed them after um, midnight. Don't feed them after midnight. It's more don't feed them after like six p.m. Oh, um, <laughs> keep sugar away from them, that kind of stuff. No, there. <laughs> I have I have two of the best kids in the world. Um, they get along well with each other. Um, the nice thing about them is all they know and i don't know how to word this but all they know is their dad is a firefighter right mm. so they know my work schedule they i i didn't come into this when they were older and they were used to dad being home every day um so i have kids that are very understanding that they get it they get that it's normal to facetime with dad when he's at work um I work Christmas this year, so we're probably not going to see each other unless they come to Grand Island on Christmas Day, which I don't expect them to do. But mm -hmm. they just know that that's part of the deal. Um, yeah, they're they're honoring their turds. It's got to be an interesting is, way to do it too. The fact that like they've already known, like they this is yeah. this is their life. They know this is like this is the way it is. There's no other way, yep. and it's actually kind of a blessing in disguise. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, that's one thing that I'm, I'm grateful that I got onto the job when I did. Uh, Kendall was uh, less than a year old. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, she was, yeah, less than a year old. And um, Cade, that's all he'll ever know. So it's it's something that they just are going to grow up knowing that dad's gone every third day. Um, but part of the fire family is, is they've got everybody else that looks after him. Yeah. So it's and my wife is more than a saint um through our career or through my career and everything i've had we've had growing pains as a family um 
the shift life is it, it takes a toll on some family things sometimes it seems yeah. like anything that ever can go wrong will go wrong when you're on shift mm-hmm. uh, and where I work it's about I work about 45 minutes to an hour drive away from home so even worst case scenario I'm looking at an hour till I can get home if something were to happen um, so my wife is she's she's a rock star she handles a lot of stuff on her own um, she uh, she definitely doesn't deserve this <laughs> <laughs> but but we you know we've we've grown we figured it out and the biggest thing is it just comes down to communication um, I'm not the greatest communicator in the world, but I definitely have gotten better with it. So good. So I found that episode. So it's episode number 40, which is ridiculous because we're in the late 80s right now of, of episodes. <laughs> so cranking that's ridiculous. Out. Huh? I you cranking them out. I know. Well, pretty almost one every week. So, oof. so yeah, it's a little bit over a year ago. Uh, the importance of search. That was a fun episode. That was a fun yeah. episode. You guys go listen to that one if you have a chance. Episode forty, and we got we got really into the family talk. Really good. Then we got into, deep into some some. Um, we got a lot into communication that episode, if I remember right. You know, too. Oh, when was that? What year was that? That might have even been before. That was twenty twenty one. Your son was born, but he was super young because he wasn't a year yet. Oh, yeah. Because I think it was like either September or October. I didn't look up the actual day it came out, but it was like September or October we put that episode out. So. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. Was a while ago. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess it wasn't. I say it was a while ago, but it really wasn't. If you look back, if you think about it, probably a little over a year ago, but a lot of yeah. change in a year. Yeah, <laughs> so much changes in a year. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no. So, so go back and listen to the episode, and we'll touch on more if if we if it gets into that and rabbit trails this part too. But I thought it'd be fun. It's Christmas. It's gonna be Christmas. It's gonna be the holidays. I don't care what you celebrate it can be hanukkah it can be kwanzaa it can be literally whatever ever i want to talk about holiday stuff with families and what we like to do because i'm looking for more ideas and maybe somebody else is out there looking for more ideas of what to do i mean i have a kid coming at some point you know next spring so like what are some things i can implement next year that sound like good ideas from other people so <laughs> is, is there anything that you do with your family kind of either every year or things that you just, even if it's not like a necessarily tradition, what's stuff that you just love doing or that your kids love doing? Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of in that spot with the young kids and everything. We're, we're trying to figure out what our tradition is. Mm-hmm. You know, Brandy comes from her family and my, you know, my family, we, we did certain things different ways. Um, but just trying to find that, trying to find our stuff, trying to find what we do. Yeah. One thing that we really trying to start to do is throughout the Christmas season, throwing kids in the car and once a week we'll go for drives we'll go to different towns looking at christmas lights that kind of stuff maybe go out for pizza do stuff like that um lately my tradition personally has been angrily putting christmas lights up on my house on black friday while nebraska is getting whooped in the second half of a football game that's that's been my tradition yeah so, yeah didn't have that this year with a nice win so that's so, so did you watch it for the second half then or did you still put up your christmas lights and listen to them win Oh yeah, no, I didn't do it this year. I, I mean, they were. <laughs> I didn't have to do it yet. So, but. Uh, so do you have your Christmas lights up now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. <laughs> well, there's they were up because I never took them off much. Oh, that's actually the smartest way to do it in Nebraska because it's just just leave them up and don't turn them on. <laughs> yep. I just I put them in a spot where you really can't see them. It's a score. So. 
Yeah. So that that usually is my tradition is angrily putting Christmas lights up for the last well, it was the last seven years before that when we had to beat Iowa. But. So, but that, and then, you know, we just do a lot of, we try and when I'm home, um, it's not really even a, a Christmas tradition. It's just kind of a tradition that we do. When I'm home on a weekend, I usually try and cook a big breakfast for the kids. Um, oh, nice. For, for bringing the kids. Um, I guess if there is a tradition that we have for the holidays, Thanksgiving, we do cinnamon rolls. Uh, we sit and we watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's kind of the same through Christmas. We try and sit, we try and watch Christmas movies, that kind of stuff. Um, the biggest thing is when you work shifts and you work holidays and stuff like that, you take advantage of the days that you are home through the holidays because mm -hmm. realistically, you don't know when your last one is. You don't know, you know, and I don't, I don't mean to get dark or anything like that, but any day I go to work could be the last day I see my kids, the last day I see my wife. So you just, learn to spend that time with your family to make every moment count um it's very 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 hard to be routine based to be a routine based person and be in the fire service it's, i'm finding that out <laughs> it's you know <laughs> no day is the same um no no day at home is the same um we are extremely we're like the entire nation right now we're extremely short with people. Um, mm -hmm. so we have forced overtime that's happening all the time. Oof. So it's, you just, the big takeaway from this is you learn to appreciate the time that you're home. You learn to spend time with your family, um, to not take those moments for granted. And, you know, some of those traditions just come out of just spur of the moment type of things. Um, that's what the, I would say if there's any tradition that our family has right now, it's getting out and driving and seeing Christmas lights. And yeah. that's just one thing that started when it was like, Hey, it's like, I'm off. It's like, let's go out. Let's go, let's go figure some stuff out. Let's go drive, see Christmas lights, that kind of stuff. Um, I know and I'm sure and I... we'll... Oh, go ahead. You're fine. No, there wasn't really anywhere <laughs> I was going with it. <laughs> I was like, I, I know Chris and I do that all the time. Like we, we stick in love, but we've already done a little bit of it so far this year. Uh, Cause there's a couple big houses up here that do stuff. So we wouldn't saw you. Um, but like I always fill up my my cup with my to-go cup with apple cider and he fills up with his with hot cocoa or cappuccino and and you know, overall, except for the cost of gas, which eh, uh, but overall it's a cheap activity to take the family go do, you know, yeah. and just fill up whatever they want with their favorite little holiday drink and just go for a drive. And I love, especially like when you live in a small town like you do, being able to go to other towns is also kind of fun too, because it's not like they get to do that all the time. It's not like you're just driving around one big city, looking at different things that you're driving around anyways. You're going to a whole new town. So it's like a little adventure for the kids too, to like go see new things that they're not used to seeing. Yeah. And it's the one thing that we, my wife and I kind of talk about is like, as the kids get older, you know, we're going to figure out what we want you know we're going to have more traditions that kind of form and stuff like that i would say and it's a it's a blessing for us but our main holiday tradition right now is seems like running like crazy on the holidays <laughs> going from grandparents to grandparents and you know we're, we're very fortunate to where all of our family is still around mm -hmm. um we have a lot of family still around so we're fortunate to be able to spend that time with with family on christmas um on any of those holidays what it does do right now is sometimes it makes and this it sounds really bad to say it this way but sometimes like our little family stuff kind of takes the back step to that yeah. because we know that we don't have forever 
with family, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we spend time with our family while we have them. Um, make sure that my kids get to spend as much time with their grandparents and, and in the case of now, like their great grandparents, as long as we can, because for them growing up, that's going to be some of their Christmas memories, some of their Christmas yeah. traditions is spending time with family that like you and I talking about right now, I don't know what their, you know, what their thought presses are, but some of my best things I can remember as a kid was going out to like my great or go out to my grandparents on Christmas and that kind of stuff and making those memories. So a lot of times you can't tell what those traditions are in the moment, but you just try and give them plenty of opportunities to make sure that they have something to look back on someday and, and remember. So I absolutely love that. Like, I really, really, really do. Because <laughs> it's something that a lot of us take for granted, too. Yeah, it is. It's easy to take that stuff for granted. It's, you know, having, um, I lost my grandpa that I was really close with a little over a year ago. And that was the one thing last year at Christmas time that was extremely hard for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's opened my eyes to that kind of stuff. Like I just talked about It's like, yeah, does it suck loading the car? 10 times and driving from place to place and leaving Christmas, you know, leaving our house on Christmas morning and not getting back until midnight on Christmas, Christmas evening and that kind of stuff. It's like in the moment, it seems like it does. But when you look back on it, you, you know, you would, you would give anything to be able to do that stuff again. And that's what I hope for my kids is, you know, growing up, um, they're going to have a weird enough childhood with me being gone as much as I am and everything like that. So if they can look back and they can remember those big things and not necessarily remember the times that dad was gone, that's, that's going to be a win for me. So. Mm -hmm. I know it can be interesting um, when it comes to working around family, other like extended family schedules too, when it comes to the holidays. Cause I know we, we were battling that with this coming year with Chris, him being on shift officially for the first year for holidays last year, he was just an Academy. So it was pretty easy. Um, cause it was just the weekdays, but now it's trying to explain to them, we, you can do it that day. There's no problem with doing the big family stuff that day, but I will be there, but Chris won't. Yeah. But if you did this yep. day, then we can both be there, but it's not like you're necessarily going to hurt our feelings, but just so you know, like this is how it works. Mm-hmm. And it's, it can be hard to explain that to people who don't understand quite. And even though the family loves us and they, they try to understand it's, it's hard for them to get that. He can't just switch with somebody else around the holidays because nobody wants to take that time away from their family <laughs> you know yeah. like it's like with your yep. situation no one's gonna want to i'm sorry no one's gonna want to switch for you for with christmas day you know like it's exactly just, it's not gonna happen people want to go see their families for it and and so that can be interesting too trying to deal with extended family and not only like trying to figure out like okay how do we make it to four different christmases in one weekend or you know instead of time but uh you know, then how does that work with the schedule then of, of when working and things like that? So. And I think one thing too, is me personally, I try and drive it home in my kids. And I know like Kendall's really the only one that maybe she understands, maybe she doesn't, Mm -hmm. but the reason I'm gone on those holidays is not because I'm choosing to be gone. Right. Yeah. The reason I'm gone is because other people, other people need help. Mm-hmm. And that's what dad does. You know, my wife works in healthcare too. And there's times where she has to be, you know, where she's gone. It's like, if mom and dad are working, it's, it means that we're there to help other people. And that's one thing that my, my daughter really has grasped. You know, if, if I'm not there, she says, you know, dad, dad's, you know, dad's, dad's helping other people or doing stuff like that. So um, try and get them in this mindset that it's not just about them, mm-hmm. you know, doing things for other people and then, you know, working in, the line that I work in, that's what it is for. I, I, you hear me talk about it all the time. Like 
I'm not there for me. I'm there for them. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So trying to get that through my kid's head, um, in a, in a way that they understand it to me, that's, that's more important than trying to make excuses of why I'm not, you know, there on the holidays and that kind of stuff. So. I'm de- definitely taking notes of that for future. Uh, cause I, that is a great way to look at it. That's a great way to start kind of teaching them that like you're, you're doing this for something bigger and maybe it gets them to, to do something with their life, not necessarily go into firefighting or volunteer with firefighting yeah. or anything, but they're going to look at life going forward and want to help other people in some way, you know, whether that be with their job or whether that be something on the side or whatever, they're going to find something that fits them and really have that built into them, their, their values growing up of like, okay, I saw that, you know, you help people and this, this was the framework for it. So this is kind of the way I want to look at it too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and you, and you share, there's things with your kids that you share the wins that you have, right? Mm -hmm. Like we had a, we had a, a fire a couple of weeks ago where we pulled someone out. We pulled the dog out and had a picture that was going around like our social media page. Of oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Me holding the dog. And like, but that's something I share with my kid, right? Mm-hmm. And they think that's the coolest damn thing. I don't have to go into the details of the other stuff that we, you know, that we had to do and stuff like that. But it's like you show them that and then it kind of helps make them connect. Connect yeah. things, um, you know, that they're, you know, yeah, dad's at work. Dad's not home tonight, but dad's helping people mm-hmm. um and that too is you know you can look back and you can tie that back to the standards and the excellence thing is you know my standard for what i want my kids to think about me um you know i don't ever want it to drop below this level but i yeah. always want them to think higher and higher and higher of me higher and higher and higher of their mother um and help hopefully mold what their standards are going to be growing up mm-hmm so yeah. I got a question for you and we do not have to go into this if you don't want to. Okay. But I was curious with the, Oh, I don't know. I was curious with the, with the mandatory overtimes and stuff like that. Um, kind of how, how you work through it, how your family works through it. What's your mindset? Like how, cause I don't know. I'm, I'm curious, like, does it come up quickly? And I mean, how do you put yourself in a good mindset with all of that when it does come up, you know, like how, how do you Stuff. stay positive and how do you stay like ready to work? Do you work another full 24 after a mandatory? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's one thing people don't realize is if you're like in fire service and I'm sure some places are different, but for us, an overtime shift in this additional 24. So then you go from 24 hours on 48 hours off to 48 hours on, then you get one day off and then you're right back on your shift the next day. Yeah. So, um, the mandatory, the way it works is, we have a list. Um, the only time you get mandatory is when overtime is offered and nobody takes it. Nobody calls in and we are below our minimum staffing level. Um, that's where we have to go and make sure that staffing level is met. So we have a list. Um, you get mandatory overtime. You have to work. You work your 24-hour shift and then you go to the bottom of that list. The issue that we ran into lately is we're so short on paramedics like everybody. Like everybody is. Yep. And if people are gone, work exchange, vacation, that kind of stuff, you can slide up that list pretty easily. So we've had some guys that have had a couple mandatory, like two mandatory overtime shifts in like a three week time span. I don't know what the answer is as far as trying to keep the right mental aspect on it, because I'll be honest, it sucks when you get it because it it always happens at the worst possible time. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, you got to look at, you know, look back at yourself 
Um, a couple times I've had to just tell myself that it's like, well, if anybody's going to be stuck there, who better than me? That yeah. kind of thing. So it's, you know, the money's nice too. It's yeah. overtime, you know, 24 hours overtime, but sometimes, you know, money's not everything and you want to be home with your family. But um, that's just part, you know, that's just one of the necessities that people don't realize with the fire services. There's got to be people there. There's got to yeah. be people that are responding. So, yeah. And if, if you don't um, have that, then you end up either shutting down crews or stations. And, you know, if, if you know, if that's a possibility. It happens in plenty of cities around the country to do that, too. Yeah. And we don't that's in our we will not brown out a crew. We won't brown out a company. We'll just hold people on mandatory. Mm-hmm. So where I work, we don't have enough. You know, we're four station department. We don't have enough to brown. You know, we don't have enough excess to brown out a company for a day. Yeah. You're not like FDMY um, there where it seems like they're on every yeah. corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we've kind of moved to, um, we have a couple different options that we can do to try and alleviate some of that mandatory yeah. over time. Um, but at the end of the day, we still got to have people work there. And that's one thing that we understand. Um, that's another thing that as time has gone on in the job, the communication is huge. Mm-hmm. Usually you have a relatively decent idea if you're going to get it, or, you know, if you're at the top of the list, if I'm at the top of the list, usually I go to work expecting to work two days. And, then and that's just, a good, I mean, that's, I guess, a way you can start to combat it of, you know, handling yeah. it in mentally and with your family is like, if you know you're creeping up on the list, at least you can prepare them for that, that yeah. it's a possibility. Yep. And our, our battalion chiefs are good about telling us like, hey, just so you know, you're up. I'm going to tone it out. But, and you just know there's certain days where it's like, nobody's going to take that. Like holidays. Yeah. That kind of stuff weekends are tough because everybody wants their weekends off so it's like you can kind of anticipate that but so do you ever get called in from being off shift for overtime or for mandatory or is it just holdover it's just holdover okay okay yep they uh you can come in off duty um but it they can't force you to come in okay i was curious about that so you can voluntarily come in and take that overtime yeah and the thing about it is like I, I mentioned family, right? Fire department's yeah. a big family. If you get stuck on that mandatory shift and you have something going on, usually someone is willing to come in and bail you out or come in and say, hey, I can't work. Like, I have stuff I have to get done this morning, but I can come in for you at like two o'clock or, you know, at mm-hmm. noon today and work the rest of the shift. It's like, that would be great. It's like, thank you. Please do that. Yeah. Um, so we all we all work together on that kind of stuff. And most of the time, like I said, we can kind of anticipate it that it's coming um, and you get some stuff lined up in that way, um, whether it's you get a, a flip flop or a trade to where you can't get stuck on it. Um, it just it takes a little bit of thinking. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a necessary, a necessary evil essentially yeah. that we have. But it's it, it is what it is. But like I said, it, just step back and look at it. You know, who better than who better than me to be working this shift? And someone's having the worst day of their worst day of their life. It's like I have the opportunity to help influence that change and make things better. So, so is that something that I'm assuming you've talked really? It sounds like you probably talked really deep on it with your wife and stuff too about that whole the whole possibility of overtimes and the whole everything around it and stuff. I mean, how how does the family take it then when it comes up? A lot better now. I mean, it was <laughs> probably hard at the beginning. Just, it was. And it's when you go from not having that to having that. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just kind of an expected, you know, it's my wife expects it sometimes, especially if I'm upfront with her and say, Hey, I know I'm getting close or Hey, 
usually when I look at Manning and where I'm at, like look at the staffing for the in the next crew that's coming on, mm-hmm. I can say, hey, there's a decent chance I'm going to get it tomorrow. The worst is when you have no clue that you're going to get yeah. it. And next thing you know, you're coming back from, I've had it happen to where I think I'm getting off. I come back, we catch a late run or something like that. And you're pulling back in the station 20 minutes after shift change. And hey, Italian's on the phone for you. And you pick it up. It's like, hey, uh, I hate to do this to you, but it's like, nobody took it. You're on holdover. It's like, great. This is going to be a fun phone call. And so it's, it is yeah. what it is. Um, my wife understands it. Um, is it fair to her? No. Is it fair to me? That's what that's my job. So yeah, it's, it is, it is what it is. I, when I raised my hand, I took the oath. That was part of the understanding that I had. So it's, and nobody's doing it to, the department is not doing it to punish people. The yeah. department, we're, you know, we're doing it to ensure that our constituents have the, have people there to take care of them in their time of need. So that's, like I said, step back, look at yourself. You can figure a lot of stuff out. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely stuff that t- talk on the front end of that, about that possibility. If your departments do mandatory overtimes or have that possibility of like how it works, really understanding how it works early on, you know, like if I, yeah. I, I like to tell people that there's something that you don't understand with your t- department, your fire department that happens or that will happen, find somebody that knows about it and learn about it. Cause if it happens to yep. you surprisingly, like a mandatory, and you didn't understand the list process or how that worked or anything like it's just going to sneak up on you and it's not going to be fun. But if you at least understand how it works, at least you got a plan for it. Yeah. That's like anything. Get ahead of it. Yeah. Try and get ahead of it as best as you can. And, but yeah, it's, it's, there's some departments that don't have it. Um, I, I try to look at it as a blessing. It's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. The good thing is, is if, someone is held on mandatory my brothers and sisters aren't going to at work aren't going to be running short right so you got to look at it from that aspect now personally does it suck sometimes yes does it always happen when you can't when the worst absolute time yes yes of course it never happens (laughs) it never happens when it's convenient but at least you know that yeah i'm here i'm getting compensated for being here um we're not running short i don't have to worry about you know them running short and someone getting hurt because we didn't have enough people. Um, yeah. And it's not like it's happening every single day. It's, yeah. It's happening more often than it used to, but it's, it's all part of it and it's, it'll be better. We just got to yeah. get some people through, get them some hired, get a, get everybody hired and, or get, get people brought up training wise and everything. So it yeah. usually takes with our department and I know a lot of departments are the same, but it usually takes about two years for them to get to the point where mm-hmm. they can contribute without, that's a bad wording where they, I'll just say it anyway, where they can contribute without having, you know, too much of a hold back. Type yeah. Thing. So. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to word it. Yeah. The ways you want to, and it's not like you're saying anything against anybody. It's just like, it's kind of the way yeah. it is too, you know? So yep. yeah. Yep, All right. I agree. I was like, I know we kind of got into like a little bit of a rabbit hole with that, but it's just like, I'm really curious about this just because yeah, Chris is on that one of those departments that don't do mandatory overtimes. And yeah. I know mandatories are different at, at different departments. They, they're ran differently on how they, how they work that. So it's interesting to hear just another perspective of how like yours runs. So. Yep. It's, I mean, there's, there's, like you said, every department is ran differently. Yeah. Uh, my department, that's just the way that it ran, runs. Yeah. And when you get hired, you know about that. Yeah. So it's, it's part of it. It's part of the job. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that sucks is like compared to us in a corporate job is when we get mandatory, we get 24 hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like, Hey, I need you to come in on uh, for a couple hours on Saturday. It's like, no, I need you to stay for another 24. 
Yeah. <laughs> Definitely makes those off days though, like more special with the family. And then like, especially in the holidays, yes. you know, like really making sure that like you're actually spending intentional time with them too. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oof. <laughs> this is a long one, a good one. A good one, but a long one. <laughs> yeah. A lot to unpack there. Yeah, a lot, yes, a lot to unpack, and I'm sure much stuff we could have conversations with for days and days and days on all of this, and has honestly brought forth more questions in my head and thoughts of everything else, but we will save that for another time. There you go. <laughs> awesome. This is this has been so much fun, Logan. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. It's, yeah. uh, it's always fun just getting to sit down and, you know, talk back and forth, and it feels like anytime you and I have conversations on these things, it's, that's what it is. It's just a conversation. Yeah. So. Conversation. And sometimes we take each other where we don't think we're going to go and just, uh, yeah, I, I love hearing different perspectives though. It's so much fun. Yep, so. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. All right. So Logan, for if people want to reach out to you or anything, can they do that? How can they do that? Yeah. Um, you can reach out to me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, uh, social media platforms, um, reach out to me on one of those. And I give 90% of the people, my phone number, if they need to call, uh, so just reach out to me. Um, you can email me Logan, L O G A N dot B dot Watts at gmail.com. That's uh, probably best. One of the, one of the other ways that you can reach me, but I'm pretty accessible and I'm always, always here to talk to people, always here to offer, offer a, a listening ear. So I may not know what to say to some people, but I can, I can listen. And sometimes that's all it takes. <laughs> you're you're a great guy to talk to when when I really need to get some off my chest too or something like that. I know there's been a couple times of like it's like okay, you got time to talk. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I remember last year specifically there was a couple of those times like I just need to get some off my chest here for a little bit. <laughs> Everybody needs somebody. Yeah. So, and All I right. have my people and that's that's what it is. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, next week we have another solo episode coming at you. I can't remember exactly what the topic's going to be, but it'll be a good one. And we got, I, I've recorded so many, uh, guest podcasts in December and I have a few more lined up to record. So you guys will be having a good influx of, of guests coming on to listen to. So, uh, again, go rate review the podcast if you actually liked it and, uh, send me a message, a screenshot, something like that saying that you did that. And I will send you some stickers. So otherwise have a good night, day, whatever time you're listening to this, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for coming by and listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Coupling Spire Podcast. See you next time, everybody.